Hi, I'm Chambers. And I'm Valentine. And we're back, baby. Happy New Year. <laughs> hey, HNY guys. <laughs> we've had it. We've had a hiatus. We we have we have, but we are back. We are back, baby. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't let the clamoring fans down. Absolutely, they've been. My phone's been off the hook. Um, basically, what between my mum and your mum, like it's just been non-stop, like asking for the podcast to get started yeah. again. My my mum actually asks me every single time I speak to her. <laughs> my dad hasn't asked once. <laughs> yeah. I'm even lying about my mum. She hasn't even asked. <laughs> we've we've been inundated with Instagram messages as well, you know. Have we? We've had yeah. two. <laughs> Was it more of just no? Or <laughs> uh, no. Um no no, two two legit messages saying when's the next episode I've been checking. No. Honestly, I'll screenshot I'll show you later. Um Right, let's get the hell on with this. So we've got one of the absolute classics tonight for everybody. Uh, this is a changing format again, seeing as that's what we do. We're, we've done a joint investigation for the first time ever, so we're both going to contribute and hopefully we'll solve this definitively. I'm confident that we will. Confident. So, this is the story, the conspiracy, the mystery of the JFK assassination. So I'm going to give you some background and then I'm going to hand over to Valentine. So JFK was born on May 29th, 1917. John F. Kennedy. Do you know, Valentine, what the F stands for? Freddy. No. Would you like to try Fili again? Fil Felipe. <laughs> Felipe. No, it was John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Did you not do US politics at university? Yeah, I think I did know it was Fitzgerald, actually, yeah. but I wasn't going to think of it in the split second that he gave me. Yeah. Fair enough. So he was born in Brookline, Massachusetts, and politics ran in his family. He was a high achiever himself. He graduated from Harvard University in 1940. He joined the US Naval Reserve afterwards. He served and was honored in World War II. Post-war, he was briefly a journalist, and he headed into politics in the late 1940s, initially serving as a Democratic senator from 1953 to 1960. And in 1960, he won a tight, close presidential election versus Richard Nixon. Interesting fact, he was the first Catholic president. Quite mm. I was quite, quite surprised about that. What were they before him? Uh, presumably Protestant, I would think. I guess, but don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was um, at the inauguration that he also... Uh, laid out his famous quote, ask not what you can do for your country, but what your country can do for you. Is that not, no, it's the wrong way around, isn't it? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. All about service, wasn't it? And yeah, so he, he got the, the presidential election in 1960, and it was a really tough set of circumstances that he, he inherited. It was the height of the Cold War with Russia, and there's the problems in Cuba. He oversaw a failed Fidel Castro uh, overthrow, which was the Bay of Pigs invasion in 1961. And in 1962, tensions between the USSR and America were really at fever pitch. 
and particularly with Cuba as well, and that was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, essentially what had happened was the US had missile deployments in Italy and Turkey to you know, deter the USSR, and in response the USSR placed their missile silos or what have you in Cuba. Obviously Cuba geographically is really close to Florida, it's only, I don't even know how far it is, but I know it's not far. Seems um, reasonable though. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's, it's like like those board games of uh, like Command and Conquer, you know, mm. moving moving the pieces around the board. Um, but yeah, there was a real legitimate fear of nuclear war at the time. I've, I've seen lots of adverts of uh, like missile bunkers made of like <laughs> aluminium or something that's blatantly not going to do anything. Um, special sunglasses that apparently would protect you from if there was an atomic bomb go off. Um, did you know? Have you heard of the Doomsday Clock? The, the doomsday what? The doomsday clock. Have you heard of it? Um, no. Tell me about it. I will. So the doomsday clock is, it's not a real clock. It's like a metaphorical clock. And it's maintained by the, let me get this right, I'll check, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. It's been going since 1947. And basically what it is, it's a, a regular uh, clock, big hand, little hand. And if it hits midnight, then that is essentially the end of the world. Nuclear war, um international disaster you know that so it'll never actually hit it because if it hits it there'll be no one to move the clock on i guess um and it's usually a few minutes before midnight are we still, do, are we still doing um are we still doing jfk yeah yeah <laughs> i'm giving you a background <laughs> going way off piste here you're giving well, me the entire background of the cold war doomsday what next well the Jim, jimmy savile's trouser collection who, who knew that he would come up in a JFK story? So this clock, I'm going to stick with it. It's usually a few Seems minutes. reasonable few to minutes, me. If you knew the things that JFK used to get up to. <laughs> it's usually a few minutes before midnight. But anyway, the missile crisis, Q missile crisis, of which JFK presided over, it was so brief that it was never actually reflected in the clock. Anyway, back to him. So he was, of course, president when the Vietnam conflict was going on. Um... A tough hand. The moon race, civil rights, nuclear arms race. He was popular at the time. He promoted and funded NASA. The economy had grown progressively. His proposals that he made actually became part of the Civil Rights Act years down the line. But, but, there were divisions in the Democratic Party. And this is why he was in Dallas in the autumn of 1963. He was there to resolve tensions within the party ahead of the next election which was upcoming um, in 1964 and it was to raise campaign funds Dallas had a reputation for political violence and JFK was specifically and directly warned repeatedly don't go there don't go to Dallas the Secret Service actually had concerns themselves about the limo he was using about the planned route the fact that downtown Dallas, the architecture, was lots of skyscrapers, a windy road through it, not possible to stop someone in the many windows, or not not not, not enough law enforcement to get into all of the windows. Um, it's popular in don't Dallas. Don't you think they're just always worried, though? Don't you, don't you think, like, the Secret Service, like, you could imagine they'd just be like, ooh, I don't like the idea of you going outside today, uh, Prime Minister, or Mr. President. Like, oh, no. Oh, you want to go for a coffee? No, I don't think so. No, too dangerous. I reckon if you just listened to them all the time, you'd never do anything. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the counter would be it's their, their job to be worried all the time. 
Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I, I didn't catch that. What did you say? I said maybe it's their job to be worried all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd probably want someone there alongside them telling me all the fun things I could do to like offset all the really dull things that they were telling me to do. And then yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like you'd meet somewhere in the middle. I mean, granted, you might still get a bullet in the head, but you've got to live. Yeah. I mean, when I had an argument with Tony Blair, his, his security detail looked like they wanted to murder me. And that's just because I wanted him to piss off off my tennis court. You had an argument with Tony Blair? Well, I mean, argument's probably a bit, you know, a bit of a stretch, but I wasn't very happy and I asked him to, to move. Really? Yeah. Where, where? Where was this? How have I never told you this? I was playing tennis with Rambones. You've never told me this. I was playing tennis with Rambones in Ulverston, yeah. and he was, Tony Blair was, he was Prime Minister at the time, like, and he was um, on holiday staying at Melvin Bragg's place in the Lakes. He used to do that regularly, apparently. And he was um, he was playing tennis with a, a local tennis coach, and me and me and Rambones were playing on the, the, the sort of show court, and he finished, and I was kind of like, I recognise that guy. Who is he? And then... Yeah, it was Tony Blair, and it, as he was leaving the court, our our door, the sorry, our court had the door to exit the courts, indoor indoor tennis courts, and as he was leaving the back of our court, people came onto the court asking for a photo, and we we were partway through a game, so I was like, oh. so Rambo's like, oh, what's going on? I was like, well, that's Tony Blair, it's Tony Blair. He wants want some photos on the court apparently, so I'm like, all right, we'll go and wait. And then a manager of the complex tennis centre came in, who he knew as well, and he was like, oh, it won't be two minutes, lads. And, uh, yeah, and then it just went on. They were there for, like, five minutes, ten minutes. I was like, right, this is ridiculous. So I'm going to have to ask him to go. Did at any point you feel like murdering him with a tennis racket? Um, uh, no, prob probably not. I think, I don't know, you never know who might be listening to this. <laughs> No. no, no. Yeah, no. You didn't feel like restringing your racket with his teeth. No, no, no. I felt like politely asking him if he was done yet. Yeah. To which okay. he just sort of said, "Ah, oh, yeah, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. It's like fifteen pounds an hour in here. <laughs> Up it. Anyway, back to Dallas. He probably didn't even pay that. Back to no. I bet he didn't pay a penny. Back to Dallas, right? So yes. J JFK was incredibly unpopular in Dallas itself. So even within Texas, Dallas's popularity was at a real low. He was seen as a bit of a liberal, soft-touch East Coaster who wanted to ease tensions uh, in the Cold War and, and essentially back down. Nevertheless, November 22nd, 1963, his flight landed in Fort Worth, Texas, and at 10.40 a.m., his motorcade left the airfield. Well, this is where I take over. That was a beautiful um, start. Thanks, Valentine. Chambers. Thanks. Beautiful. I mean that. Um, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Shock! Uh, in that um, I didn't really have time to prepare this week, so I'm going to bring on a special guest um, called Jim. Um, Jim is a...
longtime Dallas resident um, who was actually there at the time, and he's going to recount it in his own words. I can't wait to meet Jim. Hi, Jim. Howdy, Howdy there, Chambers. How you doing? You ready for this? I was born ready. It's a joy to be on the show, I can tell you that much. Um, well, it's a joy let, to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Chambers. Um, well, let me take you back. Let me take you all the way back. It was 11.44 a.m. on November 22nd, 1963, when John F. Kennedy disembarked Air Force One, instantly making his security detail nervous by abandoning their preset plans to wave to a friendly crowd at Love Field. Love Field, for those who don't know, is just the airport. There was a crowd at the airport and he wanted to wave at him. Bad idea, bad idea. I would have told him it was a bad idea, but he went ahead and did it anyway. He was that kind of guy. And he was with his loving wife, Jackie. Lovely lady by all accounts. How old are you, Jim? Me? Oh, I wouldn't like to say <laughs> Okay. On a, on a podcast. It's it's embarrassing. So no one's listening. Uh, old enough to know better. <laughs> o- old enough to know better, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do, I do, Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the crowd's appetite for Kennedy satiated, the couple rejoined their planned route. The head for the lavish... Uh, the lavish. Ooh. I'm sorry, my 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 script there is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> my my handwriting in my old age has just gone to pot. Um, a lavish dinner at the Dallas Trademark. That was where they were going. What they were going to eat at the Dallas Trademark were hot dogs and burgers with lashings of chili sauce. That uh, that may have just been me adding that bit for you know added um culinary impact yeah exactly i I just imagine that if they were going to go to the dallas trademark they'd want hot dogs and burgers with chili sauce i mean it's what you eat when you go there so why wouldn't he you know um Mm. i just yeah that's the way i saw it anyway moving on at 12 21 the motorcade made its fateful turn onto main street in downtown dallas where it passed the Adolphus Hotel before arriving in Dealey Plaza at precisely 12.30 p.m. outside the Texas Schoolbook Depository. But whoever was inside that day, rather than reading, was on a rampage. Wait a second. Oh, yeah, I'm still on the correct page. Sorry, I'm just juggling sheets of paper here. <laughs> I, I got to write it down. You can see you've done this before, Jim. I mean, I got to write it. I got to write it. It's very nice of you to say, but, you know, I have to write it down because my memory, dearie me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, outside the book depository, three shots rang out, two of which hit Kennedy, allegedly, with the second being the decisive bullet, which blew through the back of his head. The man riding next to Kennedy, Governor Connolly, was also badly wounded and yet survived. 
Although there was little doubt that JFK was dead at this point, his corpse was raced to the nearby Parkman Memorial Hospital. At 12.40, the TV soap opera, aptly entitled As the World... As the world turns, is interrupted by a newscaster announcing to the nation that JFK has been shot. Kennedy was pronounced dead at 1 p.m. The hot dogs, burgers, and chili sauce went to waste. Kennedy never getting to sample their meaty goodness. Well, thanks, Jim. That, that was yeah. I mean, that was that was what I saw on the day. Um, I'll leave it to you boys now to work out what the hell really happened because, like I say, it was there was bullets flying all over the place, chili sauce, hot dogs, I, you know. But that's the way I remember it. So, uh, Jim, can I just ask you a few questions about the day itself? Sure. Yeah. So, what were you what were you doing in Dallas? Go ahead. So, what what were you doing in Dallas? Me. I, I used to work uh, for a college football team. I would basically go around um, filling up water bottles and uh, cleaning the locker rooms. And that was my lifelong job um, in Dallas. And I, I still live in Dallas now. Fantastic, Jim. I mean, you remind me a bit of Bobby Boucher, the water boy. Yeah, um I would laugh at that joke, but I can't tell you how many times I've been called the water boy since that goddamn fucking film came out. I, excuse my, excuse my French chambers, but Jesus Christ, that film. That's okay. I'm sorry I bring up... Uh... It's it's the bane of every water personnel carrier on, on in the United States of America. I'm sure it is. Well, I'm sorry I bring that up for you. No, it's okay. So as the president lay dead, a man named Lee Harvey Oswald was being searched for. He was quickly identified as a suspect because he worked in the book depository and been seen acting suspiciously that day. He left the depository soon after the shooting by a bus and got off the bus, possibly trying to head home when a policeman, patrolman J.D. Tippett, tried to question him. He fit a description of the alleged shooter. Unfortunately, Lee Harvey Oswald shot and killed the police officer. He then went to a cinema nearby where he was seen again and identified. And after a brief scuffle, he was arrested. But who was he? Who was Lee Harvey Oswald? Let's get a little bit more of a lowdown on him. He was born in New Orleans. He had a troubled childhood, family problems, juvenile detention. He was described as being emotionally disturbed. And he attended... 22 schools 22 schools in his youth was he just doing taster sessions I I, I don't even know how that's possible 22 schools, 10 years of schooling that's just over 2 schools per year on average every year my mind is blown at that I can't believe that maybe maybe his parents were um Maybe his parents were traveling salesmen. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. So he joined the Marines at 17, and throughout his time in the Marines, he was court-martialed twice, jailed, before being honorably discharged. He then defected to the USSR in 1959, 
having taught himself Russian. In his time in the USSR, yeah, self-taught Russian, that's impressive. In his time in the USSR, he was in a psychiatric hospital. He renounced his US citizenship. He became a USSR citizen. He worked producing TVs. He worked producing military goods. He worked producing space electronics. And he was only there for three years. He also managed to have a relationship with a, a lady called Ella German, who I guess was from the Soviet Union, just to make things confusing. Uh, yeah, married her, had a child with her, and returned in 1962 to the USA. So he squeezed an awful lot into his 23 years of age, and in, an awful lot into the three years that he was in Russia. And we, we went to Russia. You didn't go, but we, we, we went to Russia. And Russian is tough. It's a tough language to speak. So the fact he's taught himself it is, um, yeah. What, what's your, what are your thoughts on Lee Harvey Oswald thus far? Valentine. Uh, very interesting. Um, what did stand out to me is that a man who went to 22 schools um, managed to teach himself more Russian than... Um, our friend Sai has managed to, to learn in in God knows how many years, which yeah. I don't know. Seeing as Sai is our roving reporter in Siberia and uh, that part of the world, yeah, Dyatlov yeah, Pass, um, I don't know what that says about our podcast. Really, we need to look mm. for a better caliber of a reporter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were hoping to throw him in San Francisco Bay as well, but that didn't pan out, did it? <laughs> Never mind. Back to Dallas. Lee Harvey Oswald was interrogated for two days. He did not confess to anything apart from circumstantial details of the day and being a Marxist. On Sunday, the 24th of November, he was being escorted to the county jail. Uh, when leaving... He, he was being filmed live on a network TV channel and in front of the cameras he was shot point blank range in the stomach by Jack Ruby Lee Harvey Oswald died soon after arriving at hospital taking whatever secrets he may or may not have had with him to his grave so who was Jack Ruby who was Jack Ruby because this seems to be an awful lot of things happening in a very short space of time Jack Ruby was a Dallas nightclub owner he had a history of violence he was involved in illegal gambling, narcotics, prostitution, possible mob links, and it's kind of agreed that he wanted attention from himself and his club. At the time of the shooting, or the murder that he committed, um, he was heavily in debt. He was also seen several times in the Dallas police headquarters in the time that Lee Harvey Oswald was in custody, so he looks like he'd been hanging around to get him for a sig you know, not significant, but for several, uh, several hours before he actually did. He was arrested, tried, found guilty, initially sentenced to death before um, that was changed to the, the sentence. He was given a retrial, essentially. Um, he did request repeatedly to speak to the Warren Commission, which was the subsequent investigation into the, the, the whole assassination affair. When he eventually did speak to the commission, he said, my life's in danger here. I want to tell the truth, but I can't. Eventually, he was granted the new trials I mentioned, but on January the 3rd, 1967, he died from a heart attack, and it turned out he also had advanced cancer. So, another person taking whatever secrets he may or may not have had to his grave, 
within three or four years of the shooting of JFK, the assassination of JFK. The whole affair was firmly in the national consciousness for all of these reasons, in no small part helped by the Zapruda film. Zapruda was a man who'd filmed on a really old-fashioned video camera um, the, the whole assassination. You can see the moments before, during and after JFK was shot. Graphic. Graphic. It shows the way um, in which he recoiled in different directions when he was shot, and this along with the, the sort of checkered past of both Lee Harvey Oswald and the murky background of Jack Ruby. It really created the perfect storm for the public to believe that there was a, some kind of conspiracy to murder the president. Um, even now, 50 years later, the majority of Americans, um, over 60% of Americans, still don't think that the full story is known. So there's been conspiracy theories abound, which I think you're going to tell us about. Absolutely. And um, the whole thing surrounding JFK and indeed um, JFK Jr. Um, continues to this very day with new conspiracy theories popping up all the time. Um, and one of the main reasons that people are so worried about um, Biden's recent inauguration, which did that happen today? Happened today. It was today, it? yeah. Yeah. Um, Hang on, was it were... yesterday? No, it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? What day is it? Is it Thursday? It's Thursday. I'm in this time warp of there is no time. I feel like it happened lockdown. this morning. I think it was well, yesterday. Maybe... It was yesterday. Uh, maybe it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Twentieth. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday the twentieth. Yeah, it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um. In that a lot of these conspiracy theories were resurfacing and being given new twists by um, the Quanon Nutters and all those sorts of people. Um, one of the most, the one of the funniest ones being that um, they generally believe that um, JFK Jr. Um, is still alive and that he was going to replace Mike Pence as um, vice president to Donald Trump and him and Donald Trump were going to become like this super force in politics and just like run America um, like Putin style forever. Wow. Um, wow. But that didn't happen. Or I mean, or hasn't happened yet. Hasn't yeah. Happened yet. I mean, the internet, the internet has got a lot to bloody answer for, hasn't it? It really does. I mean, in the olden days. It does. It does. You, you'd be, you'd just get laughed down with some of this stuff, but now there's, you know, so many different places where they're like echo chambers. And when you hear the same opinion bounce back at you, it just makes you think, oh yeah, well, I think that too. It must be right. No. I completely agree. Um, basically because your opinion is the same as mine. So I'm just agreeing <laughs> with it. And... <laughs> yeah, damn, me too. This is how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're so, you're so right. Yeah, because your opinion's the same as mine. Yeah, <laughs> let's go find more people just like us. Yeah. 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 Um. So, and, and that can that. I mean, although we are, I am going off piece a little bit here with this. Um. That I, mean, did I, arise I, I only with, went to Cuba. I I went off of piece some... to Cuba. You're going off piece by sixty years. Well, yeah, yeah, that that's true. But I mean, the, the, this thing does span history. I mean, we have to give it its full historical context. True. Um, because a lot of people believe that um, JFK Jr. was killed by the Clintons, and I think that's where um, 
the whole hatred from Quanon is and what, they, ex- they tell me about her up. tell me about JFK Jr. This was JFK's son, obviously. Yeah, so he also was killed. Um, I think <laughs> from, from from the research I did, <laughs> he he was wow. also killed. Wow. Um, I don't I don't know the background and to how he got killed, but apparently he was killed, and it was very very beneficial to Bill Clinton at the time, um, and Hillary Clinton as they were working their way up through the lower echelons of politics and that was then worked to look as though you know oh they're these horrible people and that's why he's going to come back and take get his revenge on evil hillary he died in the Um, anyway he he died in the plane crash leave that one he he died in a plane crash there you go there you go right and do you know who was driving (laughs) driving the plane how old are you (laughs) um (laughs) who was driving the plane um, I, I don't. Yeah, know. well, back back then, planes like probably had steering wheels. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy his handbrakes. Whilst doing a little bit of live research, i.e., live typing it into Google was fun. I'm gonna put that away. Um, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't lost a beat. Anyway, haven't I mean, the reason a I, beat. <laughs> the reason I didn't want to go too in depth into that particular conspiracy theory is because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to like give. Um, you know the most up-to-date JFK yeah. connected conspiracy theory that there was. Any anyway, the most popular ones at the time that were going around was that Lyndon Johnson, mm. who was um, the vice president at the time, who then became president um, immediately after Kennedy's death, um, that he was behind it, which is kind of an obvious um, thing to think. You know, like who's benefited the most from this? Um, so that was number one. Uh, number two is that JFK was killed by the mob. Um, and although this sounds like a, a far-fetched, you know, Tony Soprano did him in sort of um, story, it's actually not that far-fetched when you consider that JFK had very strong ties to the mafia. And that it was even thought that during um, his 1960 um, election race in the state of Illinois that the mob had played a huge no it wasn't that wasn't it it was that he was running at the time to be president and he needed Illinois to win the, the presidential race there and the mob basically helped get him the votes in that state wow um, thought. Um, so that's really interesting I didn't know that yeah so although the mob in Illinois liked him there were lots of other mobs that really didn't like him, including the Chicago mob, the Miami mob, and the New Orleans mobs, who'd all actually claimed that they um, they were the ones who killed him. Um, so they actually the they actually took so they tried to take take credit for it. Yeah, different oh. me- different members of those particular mobs came out and said that it was them. Um, right. Right. But obviously, can't have been all of them, or it could have been none of them at all. Um, as ever, there were like lots of far-fetched ones. You know that it was the Russians, that it was um, the Cubans, that it was the Illuminati. <laughs> uh, all these, all these bread. Um, one of the more reasonable ones, and certainly the one that I like the most, in that it's quite abstract and weird, is umbrella man 
who was a man who was stood at the side of the road. Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. And who appears in photos and video footage. And he's just a guy stood on the sidewalk with an umbrella yeah. just moving it up and down. But it wasn't raining. It was it was a sunny day. So what the hell was he doing with this um, umbrella? And people have since um, claimed to be Umbrella Man. But everyone that's claimed to be him, it's always turned out to have just been, you know, someone wanting a bit of attention. Um, and it is thought by many people that he was there as some kind of decoy um, to distract the secret services or to signal that they were a go to whoever was going to kill JFK that they could go ahead and shoot. Um, they also, there is also people who think that, that he could be the shooter, um, that it could be, you know, some sort of like James Bond style umbrella that can shoot bullets, but. That, that's probably quite unlikely. I think, uh, but I penguin, like the idea of it. I, I do think like the, the penguin in Batman Returns had yeah. one of those. In fact, I'm sure the penguin in exactly. Batman Returns had one of those. I as the, the whole Umbrella yeah. Man thing is the I'm, I'm mixing this up with something else. Has the Umbrella Man been seen at other major world events as well, or is it has that just something I've made up? I don't know. Maybe it's just like the Russians or the CIA, that's what they do when they want to kill someone. They just have someone with an umbrella just <laughs> moving it up and down. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, str stranger things have happened. Anyway, um, last but not least, I mean, this isn't a conspiracy theory in itself. This is kind of what gives rise to the conspiracy theories is that a lot of ballistic ballistics experts believe it's completely impossible for Oswald to have fired the three shots that he claims, or that they they initially said in the report that he'd fired, to do that in under eight seconds with the rifle that he had. He had this battered old rifle that apparently to shoot three times in eight seconds is virtually impossible. Um, so either he had an accomplice, or it wasn't him at all, or a you know, in a complete different weapon was used um so yeah that's really kind of the the big thing that puts such doubt on the official uh, line of things and is what gives rise to all these conspiracy theories as i said before there are so many conspiracy theories surrounding jfk that i could have gone on for hours but those are like the main ones that i yeah found. the last one you've mentioned i think that's where the man behind the grassy knoll comes in yeah where is that that a grassy knoll is just a grass slope and there's a fence behind it and you see claims I hear claims that there was a puff of smoke like from a rifle from there that probably ties into that last part that you said um, I'll tell, tell you a bit about popular culture JFK the film by Oliver Stone that's actually where most of my knowledge prior to looking into this in, in more depth that's where most of my knowledge came from and obviously it's sensationalised and there's things that they've, they've stretched and you know altered but it's a good film if you haven't seen it it's about 10 hours long as well there's also a film called Kennedy a film called Reckless Youth songs have been used to memorialise JFK The Warmth of the Sun by the Beach Boys Do you know, did you know The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel is about the shooting of JFK no neither did I but I do now. You do now. You do now. And, and the other one person that's listening to this podcast 
they will also know this now as yeah. well. Now like, all three, now the service that we're providing yeah, the world. Exactly, all three of us know. <laughs> <laughs> in TV, Mad Men. In books, there's a book by Stephen King called 112263, where the assassination of JFK is featured. If you haven't read that book, it is brilliant. I've really got into Stephen King over the last few years. Claire loves him. And Good writing. Oh, honestly, 112263. It's about time travel. Really interesting book. Um, in 2017, 2,800 files were released about the JFK investigation about the Warren Commission that made national news, so it was still in the consciousness. And as I mentioned before, in 2017, there was a 538 poll, which said 61% of Americans still believed in a conspiracy. So, yeah, it's still right in the, in the media, songs, books, TV, films, right in the consciousness. So... Now for the big question. What happened? Where do you stand? What do you think happened? Yeah, I'm I'm really um I'm really torn on this one. But I, I think I have to kind of like draw on what's been happening in recent American culture, or like not even culture, just in the political landscape in America. And it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility for high-powered people to pay to have that sort of thing done for them. Mm-hmm. And I just I just figure that this was a very well um, carried out hit that was probably devised by, yeah, someone with a lot of money who didn't like the way things were going. See, I... I kind of agree i i certainly think the jack ruby side of things jack ruby assassinating murdering whatever you want to say lee harvey oswald i definitely think that was paid off by someone someone higher who didn't want lee harvey oswald to be you know talking i I just as far as lee harvey oswald thing goes i mean he's had he's obviously had a very very interesting colorful checkered challenging however you want to say it event-packed life so i can see how you know mentally he might be someone who's in the 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 mental situation of thinking i want to assassinate the president of america having defected and all this whether he'd be able to just go out and then do that on his own i don't know i mean back in those days security wasn't the same level as as it used to be um I, don't, I can't see it being a Russian USSR sanctioned assassination hit because it just see it, it can't it just seems to me like they wouldn't choose someone who would you know publicly defected to the USSR then gone back unless they just thought yeah we'll do it thinking he you know he, he get he'll get caught but so what I don't know it, it seems to be a lot of loose ends that would need tied up if it was someone in Russia who had kind of egged him on or sanctioned it or what have you. I don't know. For me, I just think too many things fell into place too easily, right? Like You said there were people telling him not to go to Dallas, but then someone has convinced him that it's still a good idea to go to Dallas. It's someone that's convinced him that it's a good idea to drive down the street in an open-top car with buildings overhanging your car and um but how would that tie into lee harvey oswald because if 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 there's someone who was 
you know, rich and powerful and thought, we need this president out, we need Johnson in. We, I don't know, maybe it's a weapons manufacturer who thinks, we want to go to Vietnam. JFK is not going to take us there. Johnson will. Let's get him assassinated. You wouldn't choose Lee Harvey Oswald as your assassin, would you? you you'd choose someone who would get away, not leave the shooting and then just get on a bus and go to the cinema. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, then, I think it's more likely that he was just... I think he was more likely he was just placed there as like a... Like, I reckon he probably didn't even manage to fire a shot or, like, he's managed to, like, fire them off in some random direction or something. I don't think... He, like, in the ballistics report, it just... It doesn't even look possible that he would be able to, A, be that accurate and, B, to get the shots off in time. It seems to me like that's come from a better powered rifle from like a very very good marksman who, mm-hmm. because the first the first shot goes through his neck, mm-hmm. um, and kind of it's unclear whether it kills him, and then it's the neck shot that comes through that's just cold blooded like straight through the head like out through the back of the head like mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not sure that fits with his character, and it's very cool, isn't been. it? He he might well yeah. have been, and yeah, yeah, he might he might well have been there to do some harm, mm-hmm. but I get the feeling like he was maybe cajoled by someone very smart to like be in that window at that particular time, mm-hmm. just when there was someone with a much better rifle and a much better aim very close by mm-hmm. who managed to scarper off in all the. So he's basically the chaos. A, basically a fall guy. For the whole thing, and I guess I then that 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 would so. then that would then give you the uh, opportunity to have an explanation for Jack Ruby, then taking out Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, I mean, even if uh, uh, I don't even know about the club owner. That I mean, there's so many whack jobs with guns walking around America. I mean, sorry for any Americans listening, but there are a lot of guns in that country that it wouldn't surprise me if some person with a load of debts just wanted to go out on a with a bang literally and just take out the guy who killed the president i did it for the president um i could kind of envisage someone doing that but like really whoever um authorized the killing of jfk probably they knew they'd gotten away with it by that point anyway Mm -hmm. surely like no matter what oswald said just the fact he'd been to Russia, that he spoke Russian, that he, you know, had Marxist um, sympathies. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, what do we need to say more? Like he's the perfect fall guy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I'm thinking. You know, I mean, I'd I'd love to say that it was the umbrella guy. I'd, I do love the idea of just some guy dancing around with an umbrella, killing presidents. I mean. Um, Maybe yeah. you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a mix between Mary Poppins and Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the pe- and the Penguin and Batman, and yeah, and Batman. Yeah, um, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Americans kind of live their lives through film, don't they? They 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 put far too much um, emphasis on the fact that films may or may not be true when they're obviously fiction. So. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe that's how 
someone high up in the FBI cooked it all together. They just watched Batman, Mary Poppins, um, and some other Hitman movie, and that that was the way they went. And I think on that note, I can confidently say, case closed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not really, because we haven't we haven't said who did it. Case reopened. <laughs> I think this is one that. Yeah, this might even this might get away from even us. Yeah, yeah. What was the other one we 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 agreed we could not come up with a conclusion for? Was there another one? I feel like we've solved everything else. Was it Alcatraz? We weren't sure. Sorry. Was it Alcatraz? The escape from Alcatraz. Oh no, I, I conclusively solved that one. Did you? <laughs> Fair enough. I can't remember how, but you can listen back. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. Right, on that note, I'm Chambers. And I'm Valentine. And this has been the return, the triumphant strong return of Valentine and Chambers Investigates. Goodbye. Goodbye.